welcome. So glad to have you here. Hope you've had a good week considering what's been going on. A little wet out there? A little bit? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the infrastructure stays together this time. Yeah. So continue to pray. And uh, I haven't got the final tally yet, but after we'd given uh, and we'd asked you to give towards that, I believe it was around 3,000, above 3,000. So very well done. Thank you so much. And then also, uh, I don't want you to forget, I know this is a lot, but we're trying to raise money for teens for gift cards for the hamper program. So please make sure you think about that. Uh, every little bit helps uh, to you know, make a... Um, uh, a teenager's Christmas just a little bit better. I remember back in the day as a uh, very poor teenager with my mom, um, the presents were weak. They were weak. And uh, I was thankful for anything, but uh, yeah. Can, there's a bit of a ring. Can we uh, pull that bad boy down? Sorry, it's getting me. All right, so we've been looking at the Shema. We've been looking at Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I've really been uh, enjoying it. It's one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament because it ties so well with the person of Jesus Christ and his words. And that's so important for me, especially in these days where North American Christianity is so um, uh, divided and blurred and weird. Um, so uh, we talked about originally uh, Deuteronomy 6.5 where it starts out, Hero Israel. And we talked about hearing and listening and being a part of that and that, that when we repeat things and how we repeat things makes a big difference in our life and we use the illustration of of if you're looking at buying a certain car that's the only car you see on the road when you're driving around or when you when there's something that you're really interested in that's all you see i used to think this was because you know for my issue with starbucks i thought it was because every time i looked i saw starbucks but no they're truly everywhere uh, so that wasn't a spiritual event. It was more of a, of a business plan and model that they used to, to get me hooked. So, um, But every time you think on something and meditate on something. So when we're meditating on the Word and when we're, when we're learning about God, we start to see things when we're out and about in the stores. We notice people who are going through something a bit more because the Holy Spirit is speaking to us on a regular basis. And that's what's so great when we're in the Word on a regular day. Now, when we're not... You'll just miss things so much that you don't even notice it. You don't even notice it. And I think we're missing opportunity to serve. Uh, again, nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Uh, and uh, everybody has bad days. Sometimes they kind of flow in a row. Uh, but uh, we can strive every day to be the best we can. Today, I want to move a little bit in the chapter to Deuteronomy 6 and, uh, sorry, chapter 6, verses 7 and 9, and I may have given the wrong scriptures uh, this last week, I don't remember, but um, I'll read it for you. It says, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your forehead, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. We're going to get into a couple words here that I really think we just gloss over, especially with this culture that was writing this particular book. Um, all throughout the Old Testament, it talks about the Word of God being stored in our hearts. And when we do that, we will be governed by that. And now when we think of hearts, we maybe think of something different, but 
We'll get to that. Uh, if we honor the Lord with our lives, if we honor him with our lives, if we, uh, th- we must take every effort to store his word in our hearts and make it present in our everyday lives, in everything we do. Again, sounds simple, a little more difficult. One commentator says this, that when we hear the word of God and receive it into our hearts, then the Holy Spirit can use the truth to transform us from within. So remember when I said when we're in the word, we regularly are in the word, we will see things more because the Holy Spirit is working in our lives and the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and helping us have empathy, compassion, understand things, whatever it is, understanding all sorts of uh, gifts that the Holy Spirit can use us with. And God writes the word on our hearts and he becomes, and we become living epistles of, um, that others may read that others may see because of our lifestyle. And our lives can influence uh, them, meaning other people, to trust in Christ and to understand who he is. And how we live is important because it backs up everything that we talk about, everything that we say, and everything that we do. This, This is a time where that's very important. Right now, you may have noticed, maybe some of your friends, maybe some acquaintances, maybe people in the family, they're There's some hard lines, and they're taking these stances on things, and um, they think they're living out what God wants them to do, but it's more personal opinion. It's more, it it could be almost uh, being zealots um, about things that, that are misunderstood or not understand fully. And you can decide whatever that is. I mean, over Thanksgiving and Christmas, there's always something that pops up, right? But this, especially in this time, there's friends that you've had over so many years, and all of a sudden, they've taken a stance, and a hard stance, and you look at them and go, I, did, I didn't know these people, obviously, because I didn't realize this was going to be the thing that breaks our relationship or breaks them. But God writes it on our heart, and we're to be that influence. And so how we live backs it up. So I, I use the illustration of this. If a person is so strong on one opinion and doesn't ride or die that thing out, then their values must change. They cannot keep the same values. So a little example of it, and, and we use this a lot, but of the vaccines. If you're a ride or die, no vacciner, unless you change your values, you cannot get one because you don't believe that other people should have it. Those are your values. Those are your base values, and you have to write, unless something changes, and we allow room for that. That's the key, right? As Christians, we need to allow room for people to change their values. So if people you've known for many years decide to come back and say, you know what? I was wrong. I thought I was in the right that, that What do we do? We act as Christians. Now, just because somebody, like a lot of times people say, well, if we're really harsh in the church about these standards and these protocols and all that, um, it doesn't seem very loving and accepting. It is. And the reason why is because we're protecting other people. That's why. We're putting other people's protection first. But we also can't allow people who have views that are contrary to certain things like science and other things to change how we function because of their stance, because they're like, well, you're not loving then. No, that's not the case. We are caring and we are loving, but we will not, we will not buckle on scientific standards and practices and protocols. Now, 
Do we still love those that think differently? Yes. Do we still want to serve them? Yes. Do we still care for them? Yes. But we have standards, and we need to keep those. Those values, those core values of loving God and our neighbor as ourself. Just because you love someone doesn't mean you cave to their values, right? Unless you're going through a value change. If your values are here, boom. So our lives are an example, and it's important because when we live it, we need to back that up with how we act and what we say. And so Moses, in, in Scripture, ch- uh, challenged parents to discuss Uh, the word of God at home, to talk about it in their their daily lives at home, uh, among their children, and to allow the word of God to to guide their minds and their hands as they worked throughout the day. How many of us do that? How many allow God to guide our thoughts and our hands literally throughout the day? There's this image of a a stone carver, of of someone who's working with a piece of of, uh, marble, and the hammer and the chisel. It takes time. It's big. It takes effort. It's long and drawn out. Um, This task is daunting. But once done, the message is clear on what it is. And when we're in Scripture, it takes time. It can be daunting. If you've read through Leviticus on how to slaughter an animal for sacrifice, that's, that's a good time. How are you supposed to put that into your daily lives? As a lover of animals, um, I, I have a hard time with that. <laughs> but you know what? It's there for a reason. It's about the disciplines. It's about sacrificing their best to God. And you have to look past that. But as you go through these scriptures that are difficult... It's daunting. It takes time. It's effort. And each time you learn something, there's another in the marble. And then at the end of our lives, and as we grow, a picture starts to appear, a formation of something, and that is you. And as God is working on you, as you go through Scripture, as you spend time with him, as you love God and love your neighbor, he is making you into a beautiful sculpture. Sometimes things break off and has to be adjusted. But that's all part of his plan. And so the Israelites understood that. They understood that everything they did, like Moses talked about, it was, it was a personal, a faithful Israelite. But then he moves it into the house, and he moves it into the village, uh, in, in, in the same person and entire family, his own family and the community, they've become identified as people of God in every aspect and every area of their life. So let me explain this to you. So when we read the scripture in verse 8, it says, bind them. So bind um, what you've been talking about when you're talking, the words of God. Bind them as a symbol, or sorry, as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. So bind them on a sign of your hand is personal action. It's what you do with your hands, and it's commitment. What you do with your hands, it's commitment, it's action. And then it says, right, let them be a symbol on your forehead. And that is, that is living it out, that is in your mind, is forefront. And it says, write them on the doorposts, of your house and on your city gates 
There's personal direction here of uh, being deliberate, a deliberate intent, and also to be in the community. Write it on your own uh, doorposts and the city gates as a community. Now, we don't actually go out there and write them on city gates. But it's a symbolism of personal action. It's a symbolism of commitment. It's a symbolism of being deliberate, direct, and working in our community because we are in the Word, because we have been immersed in Scripture. And so parents were to impress this on the minds of their children and make it an everyday thing, displaying it. See, in our very different kind of society, there is still need for Christians to show that example by giving their neighbors a reason to know that we're believers. And it's different. And when I say neighbors, it doesn't necessarily mean the ones that live by you. It's where you work. It's where you go to school. It's all of that. And there's this ever, with an ever-increasing number of people in our communities that have never attended a church, never walked in the doors of a church. Many believers are making different ways of bringing uh, people or use of their homes. And remember when we did the community outreach um, and we were inviting people and, and just kind of being neighborly when we did the, ser- the series on neighbors. Um, there's different ways you can show and be by being an example. And right now is a great time for people to understand what's happening with Jesus because of Christmas. Christmas is a perfect time to invite people. It's a perfect time to um, include people in things. And, and a lot of that doesn't even have to be um, a religious event. It can just be you being neighborly. It can be just you being you, being the light of Jesus. And then, hey, we're having this kids play. The kids, you know, everybody wants to come to a kids play. They come to a kids play. Those types of things are an opportunity for you to reach out to people that you want to invite so they can hear the word of Jesus Christ. They can hear the gospel and we can have an impact on them in, in a way that maybe they've never experienced before. But it's important that we take that step. We're not pushing any agenda. We're not trying. We're just wanting to, you want to hear it. You want to hear with all the noise that's happening in North American Christianity, this is a place that is safe for those to come and hear the word of God. And I want to promise you that. And so we need to make that a top priority that, that we pass along the truth of God's character and who he truly is. Not some made up, uh, get rich quick, kind of nothing bad ever happens Christianity. But true messy life Christianity. Where we still believe in Jesus Christ. I've always been frustrated with this fact, and it's not to blame anybody in specific, but when someone says to me, well, you know, uh, I don't mind the church, but it's the Christians that I have a problem with. And it's like, well, I think no matter where you go, you're going to have a problem with it. No matter where you go. No matter what church. It's always been frustrating me that those that say, well, I won't go to church and I don't want to believe in God because of some other person who said they were a Christian but didn't act the right way and didn't act like a Christian. And so they, they're essentially saying, well, God, because your representative was very bad, I choose not to follow you. That's unfortunate that we have that type of power 
We do. And we have to take it seriously, especially right now. We have to take it seriously that we are representatives. If you call yourself a Christian, you are a representative and you got to be very careful. And again, we all make mistakes and nobody's perfect. It's true. But we are his representatives. And what are we representing when we're out there? It, it, that's only something you can answer because you know you and how you are in public and in private. And, and we all struggle with that. We all struggle with, you know, we got pressures. Who's got pressures here in this room? Raise your hand if you have pressures in life, stress. If you don't, please come talk to me afterwards. We're going to do a sermon series. You can preach it, and I will sit in the front row and learn how to not be stress-free. The only time I'm not stressed is when I'm on a beach in the sand. That is the only time there is no stress. Unless the cartel attack the beach, that's a whole other issue. But that's stress-free for me. There's always tension, there's always stress, there's always something to do, there's always something going on. We live in a world where we have to be careful as representatives. And so you need to speak to yourself, you need to work through that. And it's okay, we all got to do that. But if you notice in Scripture that to love God with all we are is integrated in the passage... Uh, with talking his words with whole life ser- uh, seriousness and passing them on intergenerationally. Like all throughout scripture, he's saying, listen, hear it, do it in every area of your life, and then what? Pass it on. Pass it on. The good, and here's what we don't like nowadays because we cancel everything, the bad. We need to push all that ahead and remind everyone. How many people knew that Sumas had a lake once? Some of you. How many did not know that Sumas was a lake? Right. Why? It's not passed down. Those barriers have been up forever. And since I was a teenager, since I was a kid, well, even way back, I can't remember the date, but it was way back there. We didn't realize how big it was, but that wasn't passed on. And through, through Scripture, if we don't pass on those things that God has done in our lives to our kids, they'll miss out the good and the stuff we struggled and gone through. That's what this Scripture is talking about. In all aspects of your life, hear it, listen to it, meditate on it, walk through it, Live it in your personal life, in your public life, everywhere you go, no matter what. We simply do not love God if we are not attending carefully to his words. If we truly believe that he is God, we need to attend very carefully to his words. And the worship of God is not something we do thoughtlessly or out of habit. Now... That's not to say there aren't times where the discipline of habit get us through a difficult time, where we can be reading Scripture and it's doing nothing, but we continue to read Scripture because it's going to, because His words are powerful, but we continue the discipline, but we don't just do it to do it. We do it for a reason, because we want Him to speak to us. And all throughout Scriptures, there's time where He's silent, and where He's silent 
we continue disciplined and we stay on track because eventually he will speak. He will speak. But this requires an awareness of God's character and our need of him and how we approach, how we approach him. And so when we continue to do an ongoing study of his word in our own community, um, on our own, while we do it with others in life groups, it will allow us to worship him as he deserves to be worshipped and a heart that is committed to him as well. So as we enter this first advent, and advent is Latin for coming, as we, as we enter this, in this specific time, if while we're waiting the coming, if you haven't already, uh, self-analyze yourself. Figure out where you are. Self-analyze your life. Reconnect with the creator of the universe. If you're okay, then that's great. Keep continuing. Stay on course. But if there's been a time where you haven't, now's the time to do that. What areas of your life do you need to give over to God? What areas? Now, I'm not saying dump everything on him. Uh, he can handle it, but I don't know if we can handle it. So let him pull to the surface what he wants to work on with you, but you have to be open and willing and ready. And then the biggest question of all, after you've self-analyzed, after you've figured yourself out, after you know what you want to do, after uh, you've, you've figured out what area of your life uh, that God is telling you to work on, Guess what? It's time to start now. As you leave these, these, this building, as you walk out those doors, it's time to make the change. When God tells you, it's time to do it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God. Love him and love your neighbor as yourself. How do you do that? By knowing him, by knowing yourself, and by paying attention to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to speak into the lives of others. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day you've given us. I just pray that as we walk out these doors, as we start to celebrate and remember the coming of Jesus, let us analyze ourselves. Let us focus on what we need to do. Let us be thankful for the blessings that you've given us and be able to bless others and speak into everyone else's life. Holy Spirit, as Everyone here goes in their different directions. Speak to them daily. Let them be used so that others may know the good news of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. God bless you. We're going to see you here next week.